a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, visit LibriVox.org. Good Things to Eat, as suggested by Rufus, a collection of practical recipes for preparing meats, game, fowl, fish, puddings, pastries, etc., by Rufus Estes. Formerly of the Pullman Company Private Car Service and present chef of the branch companies of the United States Steel Corporations in Chicago. Forward. That the average parent is blind to the faults of its offspring is a fact so obvious that in attempting to prove or controvert it, time and logic are both wasted. Ill temper in a child is, alas, too often mistaken for an indication of genius and impudence is sometimes regarded as a sign of precocity. The author, however, has honestly striven to avoid this common prejudice. This book, the child of his brain and experience, extending over a long period of time and varying environment, he frankly admits is not without its faults, is far from perfect, but he is satisfied that, notwithstanding its apparent shortcomings, it will serve in a humble way some useful purpose. The recipes given in the following pages represent the labor of years. Their worth has been demonstrated, not experimentally, but by actual tests, day by day and month by month, under dissimilar and in many instances not too favorable conditions. One of the pleasures in life to the normal man is good eating, and if it is be true that real happiness consists in making others happy, the author can at least feel a sense of gratification in the thought that his attempts to satisfy the cravings of the inner man have not been wholly unappreciated by the many that he has had the pleasure of serving, some of whom are now his stanchest friends. In fact, it was in response to the insistence and encouragement of these friends that he embarked in the rather hazardous undertaking of offering this collection to a discriminating public. To snatch from his daily toll a few moments here and there in order to average with some degree of symmetry not the delicacies that would awaken the jaded appetite of the gourmet but to prepare an ensemble that might with equal grace adorn the home table or banquet board as proven a task of no mean proportions encouraged by his friends however he persevered and this volume is the result of his efforts if when gathered around the festal board in camp or by fireside on train or ship trying out the recipes his friends will pause retrospectively and with kindly feelings think of from whence some of the good things emanated the author will feel amply compensated for the care the thought the labor he has expended in the preparation of the book and to those friends individually and collectively it is therefore dedicated sketch of my life I was born in Maury County, Tennessee in 1857, a slave. I was given the name of my master, D.J. Estes, who owned my mother's family, consisting of seven boys and two girls, I being the youngest of the family. After the war broke out, all the male slaves in the neighborhood for miles around ran off and joined the Yankees. 
This left us little folks to bear the burdens. At the age of five, I had to carry water from the spring about a quarter of a mile from my house, drive the cows to and from the pastures, mine the calves, gather chips, etc. In 1867, my mother moved to Nashville, Tennessee, my grandmother's home where I attended one term of school. Two of my brothers were lost in the war, a fact that I wrecked my mother's health somewhat, and I thought I could be better service to her and prolong her life by getting work. When summer came, I got work milking cows for some neighbors, for which I got $2 a month. I also carried hot dinners for the laborers in the fields, for which each one paid me $0.25 cents per month. All of this, of course, went to my mother. I worked at different places until I was 16 years old, but long before that time, I was taking care of my mother. At the age of 16, I was employed in Nashville by a restaurant keeper named Hemp Hill. I worked there until I was 21 years of age. In 1881, I came to Chicago and got a position at 77 Clark Street, where I remained for two years at a salary of ten dollars a week. In 1883 I entered the Pullman service, my first superintendent being J. P. Mahan. I remained in that service until 1897. During that time I was in their service some of the most prominent people in the world traveled in the car assigned to me as I was selected to handle all special parties. Among the distinguished people who traveled in my care were Stanley, the African explorer, President Cleveland, President Harrison, Adelina, Patty, the noted singer of the world at that time, Booth and Barrett, Majeski and Pandareski. I also had charge of the car for Princess Eulali of Spain when she was the guest of Chicago during the World's Fair. In 1894, I set sail from Vancouver on the Empress of China with Mr. and Miss Nathan A. Baldwin for Japan, visiting the Cherry Blossom Festival at Tokyo. In 1897, Mr. Arthur Stilwell, at that time president of the Kansas City, Pittsburgh, and Gould Railroad, gave me charge of his magnificent $20,000 private car. I remained with him 17 months when the road went into the hands of receivers and the car was sold to John W. Gates, syndicate. However, I had charge of the car under the new management until 1907, since which time I have been employed as the chef of the subsidiary companies of the United States Teal Corporation in Chicago. Hence to Kitchen Maids it is always necessary to keep your kitchen in the best condition. Breakfast. If a percolator is used, it should first be put into operation. If the breakfast consists of grapefruit, cereals, etc., your cereal should be the next article prepared. If there is no dining room made, you can then put your dining room in order. If hot bread is to be served, including cakes, that is the next thing to be prepared. Your gas range is, of course, lighted and your oven heated. Perhaps you have for breakfast poached eggs on toast, deerfoot sausage, or boiled ham. One of the above, with your other dishes, is enough for a person employed indoors. 
When your breakfast gong is sounded, put your biscuits, eggs, bread, etc. in the oven so that they may be ready to serve when the family have eaten their grapefruit and cereal. Luncheon. This is the easiest meal of the three to prepare. Yesterday's dinner perhaps consisted of roast turkey, beef, or lamb, and there is some meat left over. Then pick out one of my receipts calling for minced or cream meats. Baked or stuffed potatoes are always nice, or they may be cold potatoes left over that can be mashed, made into cakes, and fried. Dinner. For a roast beef dinner, serve vegetable soup as the first course with a relish of vegetables in season and horseradish or chow chow pickle unless you serve salad if quail or ducks are to be served for dinner an old indian dish wild rice is very desirable prepare this rice as follows place in a double boiler a cupful of milk or cream to each cupful of rice and add salt and pepper to taste it requires a little longer to cook than the ordinary rice but must not be stirred if it becomes dry add a little milk from time to time do not serve dishes at the same meal that conflict for instance if you have sliced tomatoes do not serve tomato soup if however you have potato soup it would not be out of place to serve potatoes with your dinner fish should never be served without a salad of some kind the above are merely suggestions that have been of material assistance to me. Table of Weights and Measures 4 teaspoonfuls of a liquid equal 1 teaspoonful. 4 tablespoonfuls of a liquid equal 1 half gill or 1 fourth cup. 1 half cup equals 1 gill. 2 gills equal 1 cup. 2 cups equal 1 pint. 2 pints, 4 cups equal one quart four cups of flour equal one pound or one quart two cups of butter solid equal one pound one half a cup of butter solid equals one fourth a pound four ounces two cups of granulated sugar equals one pound two and one half cups of powdered sugar equal one pound one pint of milk or water equals one pound one pint of chopped meat equals one pound. Ten eggs shelled equal one pound. Eight eggs with shells equal one pound. Two tablespoonfuls of butter equal one ounce. Two tablespoonfuls of granulated sugar equal one ounce. Four tablespoonfuls of flour equal one ounce. Four tablespoonfuls of coffee equal one ounce one tablespoonful of liquid equals a half an ounce four tablespoonfuls of butter equal two ounces or one-fourth a cup all measurements are level unless otherwise stated in the recipe end of section one read by dr. Pamela Russ in Turlock California summer 2006